Welcome to Love Always Self, a podcast about connection to self, reflections of self, and how this impacts our reality. We're all about trying to find balance, discovering tools for spiritual wellness, and creating a safe place to have loving conversations about a broad range of topics. I'm Carista, an energy healer with a background in Reiki, nursing, health coaching, and personal training. I have a holistic mindset and believe that everyone and everything can work together in harmony so that we can create more balanced life experiences. And I'm Shira, a spiritual intuitive and explorer of personal truth with a background in management and finance. I feel we are all connected and guided by our own spiritual team, whom I refer to as Mount Glass, and I want to help teach you how to connect with yours. We believe we are all connected, and by learning to love self, we will elevate the collective consciousness and learn to create deeper connections with each other, self, and source. As we grow and learn through our own life adventures and self-discoveries, we hope you gain insights into your own truth. Don't forget to subscribe to stay notified of new content, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome to Love Always Self. I'm Shira. Hi, y'all. I'm Karista, and thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our special limited series, The People's Journey. We are super excited about our guest today, Alexa Jad, who is here to share her life experiences and insights she has gained as she has worked to create greater awareness and connection with herself on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. Alexa Jad is an intuitive healer and EFT practitioner, a business coach for intuitive entrepreneurs, and the co-host of Chart Topping Spiritual Podcast, Inner Bloom. Yay! Hey, Alexa, we're so excited to have you today. Welcome, I'm, welcome. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored to be here with you ladies. Thank you so much for having me on your amazing podcast. I, I actually, like, I love, I don't get to be interviewed that often. So like, it was so nice today. I'm like, oh, wow, I get to talk to two of my favorite people and I get to be on the other side of the mic. So I am, I'm just really honored that you wanted to include me in this. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're kind of like fangirling a little bit, like, uh, you know, <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. Yes. Uh, you were actually one of the first podcasts that I ever started listening to several years ago. So really? I didn't know super, that. Yes. Yes. And even, uh, inspired us to start our own journey and doing mm-hmm. this podcast. So we're super excited to have you today and just thrilled that, you know, you are willing to be here and share your story and share it with other people too. So yeah, uh, it was encouraging, cool. very encouraging. Because actually, Carrie uh, introduced me to Inner Bloom. So, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Carrie. We had talked oh, yeah, about absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we had talked about starting a podcast, and and she's like, "You got to listen to this podcast that I've been following." She, they mm. remind us um, or me of us, and I was like, "Interesting." And so I started listening. I think I jumped in like pretty later on into. I mean, because you guys have a lot. Um, and I jumped in pretty later on. So this will be my first time getting to hear like your journey story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's been, there's been many journeys along the journey. So like I told you guys, I'm like, I I'm, I'm excited to see what pops out today. I'm not exactly sure which, which section of the journey we're going to get, but I, you know, I'm just, my intention is just to be as uh, transparent and authentic as I can be. Um, so perfect. All right. Awesome. So Alexa, why don't you start out by sharing a little bit about who Alexa is and where she came from? Oh, who Alexa is. Um, well, 
I would describe myself as I've always been a very sensitive being. Um, when I was little, I just remember being having such big emotions, not knowing what to do with them whatsoever, um, getting so frustrated with myself um, because, you know, my parents, I was an only child. Um, at a very early age, my mom had cancer, she had breast cancer. And, you know, I experienced quite a bit of emotional trauma, I would say at a very early age, you know, this was back in the uh, early nineties, breast cancer was almost like a death sentence back then. Um, and so, you know, me and my mom and my dad basically like thought my mom was going to die for a couple of years, very early in my life. Wow. And, and, uh, and, you know, in, in that time, it also, uh, you know, I've only deduced this now, like looking back. Right. But, um, I developed a lot of codependency at that point. You know, there was a, a while where my dad was just taking care of me. My mom was in the hospital and I, I have such vivid memories of my dad taking me to um, the playground so that I could, you know, play like, so that he could give me that time as a kid. And I just remember, remember being like, I'm not going to play. Like what, what that I, I have to focus on you. Like I, I was so worried about him. I felt so bad leaving him alone. So that's all to say there was just a lot going on when I was, little. And I was very, very sensitive. And like I said, I didn't know how to process my emotions. When I felt something off, I just kind of like had a meltdown because I didn't know how to explain to someone I felt it's off, you know? Um, and so I would say that I was a very empathic child. Um, and I always, ever since I was little had a tendency to want to I was very precocious and I always wanted to help people. Like I always ended up being that person, even from a very young age, who was like talking to people about their issues. Um, and so as I grew up, I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, I, well, I, I became very into things where I could express myself. Um, like writing. I wanted to be an actress for the longest time. Um, my mom is actually a news reporter. What? So yeah, she's an, a news reporter for my whole life, basically. And my dad's a cameraman in the news. So that's how they met. They met oh, at a news station. Wow. Yeah, it's funny because when they saw the movie Anchorman, when that movie came out, <laughs> they were like, that is literally, they, they always talk about the scene with where they threw the, you know, they, they're like fighting in the office and they like throw the typewriter at someone's head. They were like, I don't know who wrote this, but they were in my newsroom because that stuff happened all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Like my mom has such crazy stories too. Like one about she, she, she says like, oh, I was like the Veronica Corningstone in the way of like where she was being harassed nonstop. And it was just normal back then. It was just something you had to deal with as a woman. It was just like, yep, that's what, that's what they do. It's, I mean, wow. it's, thank, thank God we've grown so much from that point, but and you know, but she has other crazy stories of like, you know, Bill Clinton tried to have her fired once like, because she was reporting on just, just crazy stuff. So my mom and my dad have lived a very interesting life before I was born. And, um, and after I was born, they just continued, you know, my mom, um, my mom became an investigative journalist and she, mm. she, she, she loved what she did. Um, but, um, the reason I, I brought that up is because I think when I was growing up, everyone's like, are you going to follow in the footsteps of your parents? Are you going to, mm -hmm. you know, work in the news? And I was like, no, I hate the news because the news was one of the things that gave me the terrible vibes. You know, I would cry when my parents would turn and I hate it. I hated the way it felt. <clears throat> and so, 
it's funny because now I interview people um, <laughs> through a podcast. I feel like in a way I'm like an investigative report, not not in not in the way my mom was, but you know that I'm investigating people in a nice way. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm interviewing yeah. people and I'm interested in people and I'm in the media and I'm using my voice. And that's something, you know, she, I was, I grew up watching her do. Um, and at the same time, my dad taught me from a very early age, how to edit. He, cause he was an editor and a cameraman. So literally I, I learned how to base, I learned all the components for podcasting back when I was little from my mom and my dad, because my dad, he, this is, I don't know if you guys know this, but the way that you used to have to edit anything, whether it's like tape, video, anything was there was a machine. This is before like Apple and like Final Cut Pro or anything like, or like apps on your phone, obviously there was a giant machine. It was like you guys, okay. People on video can see, I forget. Um, But it was very big. And basically you had two um, tape decks and you put one tape in and another tape in and you had to manually wind each tape and be like, I want it to start there. I want it to stop there and manually copy that over to the other tape. And it was a very like manual process before, you know, technology developed. So I learned on that. And I think that gave me once Final Cut Pro came around and I got like a MacBook, I was like off and running. I loved editing. I loved, yeah. And I loved doing all that stuff. So anyway, now that Ambrosia and I have this podcast, Interbloom, you know, it's like, I kind of always knew that those skills would come together in one because I'm the editor, I'm the like technical one. And I'm also, you know, half of the podcast who we speak about vulnerable things and interview people. Um, So yeah, I guess that kind of leads to right now I skipped over a a big chunk of stuff, but that's, I'd say how my childhood really ties into the present moment. Oh, and additionally, um, as I mentioned about being super sensitive and wanting to help people when I was younger and also not being able to process my own emotions, something else that I've really, um, adopted and started to use with my own clients within the past few years is a modality called uh, EFT or tapping. And it's essentially a somatic therapy um, that's combined with like modern day talk therapy so that you can quickly process your emotions through the body, which is where the emotions can get stored if they're not processed over time. And it's just like, I love this tool so much from the second I heard about it from the second I tried it, it just resonated with me. It worked for me. And I've been to therapy my whole life and I got so much progress from just like a 10 minute tap more than therapy. I think therapy is amazing. I've had such progress in therapy, but at a certain point, I feel like it kind of can plateau. And so when I found this tool, it just blew my mind and I got trained in it. I got certified in it. And it's been a really amazing tool for me to use with clients. I've started using it with children. Um, some children are my clients. People are teaching it in schools now. And um, I just talking about like who is Alexa and like little me, it's like, this is the tool that I wish I had as a little kid. I feel like if I had had it, things could have gone so much differently. You know, I would have had a way to regulate my emotions. I would have had a way to express myself. I would have had a way to just uh, feel my feelings. Um, so yeah, yeah, 
Those tapping sessions, I had actually never heard of EFT tapping until I looked you up when Carrie was talking about you guys. I looked you up on YouTube and you actually have some of your tapping sessions uh, yeah. for free on YouTube. And um, I followed along to one and I was like, okay, I got to get a session in with her. I had a session with you and I, I'll be honest, when I first, you know, started going through the the different modalities and tools that you can use going on along this journey, I was like, okay, how does this work? This is weird, right? <laughs> yeah. But when we were doing it, because you use a lot of your own intuition on mm-hmm. what to say and, and, and process next, and man, lady, you were on it. I was like crying. I was like, I didn't even know I was going to bring any of this up. I didn't know any of this was still bothering me. I was like, what the <laughs> It was yeah. it was great. And I felt such a sense of relief afterwards. So there's something really to be said about that. Um glad. So I'm, how how did you end up finding EFT to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Well, maybe I should tell kind of the rest of the story that leads up <laughs> until that that I yeah. just like skipped over. So basically, um, you know, I, I grew up, like I said, thinking I was going to act or like write or work in the movie business or something. And at a very early age, I got in my head when I'm 18, I'm moving to LA. I'm going to work. I'm going to be either an actress or a director or a writer. I'm going to work in LA and Hollywood. That was my dream. And so, you know, when it came time to apply for colleges, um, I, I only applied to California. I only applied to UCLA, USC and Loyola Marymount. And then my parents like forced me to apply to, um, these two school, like university of Florida and Florida state, because just, they were like, well, what if, so, um, but I just knew where I wanted to go. And I, I ended up getting into USC, which was my first choice. And, um, I, so it was kind of like, I was 18. My dream was coming true. I was going to LA and I just had it in my mind of like, you know, when you have something in your mind for so long, you just think you're going to go there and it's just going to be, and don't get me wrong. Like it was so amazing in so many ways. I was finally out in LA. I was on my own. I had a whole new group of friends. I got to like reinvent myself. It was all this, but it also was kind of a reality check of like, oh, do I really want to do movies? Like, do I really want to work in this business or do I not even know what I want to do? Like, maybe I just said that for all these years because I love the idea of movies and Hollywood, but like, do I really want to do it? You know? And so I decided that I was going to explore and see what I actually liked. And what I ended up in was communication and, um, and then later on, I decided I wanted to double major in psychology because I was really interested in both of those things, interestingly enough. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and um, so <sighs> by the end of college, I decided I couldn't do the double psych major. I couldn't actually finish that, the double psych major, because I was just like, you know what? I'll be in school forever. I really don't want to sit, even though I love psychology and I love helping people and I love that idea. I just couldn't see myself like sitting in a room, listening to people just on and on and on without any resolution for that. Like to me, that's what psychology kind of seemed like. It was like, okay, you're in a room and people tell you your problems and you kind of try to help, but there's no real way that you could ensure that when they walk away, they're somehow transformed or they're feeling a little clearer or they're feeling better. Like sometimes it's just, you go in circles or that had been my experience anyway. So after college, I, um, 
I, or at the last year of college, I got an internship for an entertainment news website in Hollywood. It was called Hollywire. It actually still exists. And, um, back then there was only like three women running it. It was brand new. I was like one of the first interns and, um, it was my dream. Like I suddenly, I, they hired me as an intern and next thing I know I'm on the red carpet celebrities interviewing them, press passes. I get to go like anything I wanted to do. I got to go there. And I just was like, this is it. This is my dream. (laughs) And, and it was so exciting at first. It was so amazing. It was so glamorous. And, you know, then as time also, then they hired me out of college. So I got to stay, you know, and I, I moved into an apartment, but you know, it's like, after about a year of doing that, I moved in, went into my second year of doing it and I was over it. I was done. I felt every, all the negative things of LA. I felt like what's real here? Like who am I? What am I doing? Like, this is high school. Like it, mm-hmm. it, seeing celebrities just become boring at, at that point. And it's, it, I never wanted to feel that way about it, you know? Yeah. And I was in a very dark place and I, I, Anyway, a bunch of things transpire to lead me to decide that I'm going to move back home um, and back to Philly, which is a place I never thought I wanted to be. I never thought that I wanted to, I, I when I grew up in Philly, I couldn't really experience it, you know, because I'm underage. I can't really go anywhere. I've lived in the suburbs, not the city. So I just always thought, oh, I don't like this place. And then I come back, you know, in my early twenties and I'm like, this is an amazing city. Wow. Like I never saw, I never knew, I never realized this is amazing. So I come back and just around this time and Shira, this is where you and I have crossover just around this time. This was like 2011. Um, I was, I, when I left LA, I had been really getting into like, uh, EDM and dance music and house music and, festivals were just starting to really become a thing, like not even mainstream yet, just like they were starting to bubble up. And, you know, because I had a press pass at that entertainment news website, I could apply for press anywhere. Like me and my friend, um, who worked with me, we loved like DJs and stuff. So she's like, let's apply for ultra down in Miami, which is like the biggest, you know, at the time was the biggest festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the huge. States. Yeah. And they just gave us backstage press passes. Like, you know, we're this little oh, website, but no, but Right. It was just that time, that perfect time to be there. And so, you know, we had some really amazing experiences, but the one thing I walked away from LA with was knowing I'm really into music right now. I'm really, and I'd always loved music so much, but my passion for music was just like really bubbling up. And, um, so when I moved home, I'm back in my parents' house. Don't know what I'm doing with my life. I just know I don't want to be in LA and I need something new. And to be honest with you, my life is full of these moments. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know about you guys. And I don't know if that's just a normal thing that happens to people, but I feel like me and my husband are very different. My husband is the type of guy who he is very constant in his life. Just things just build and build and build friendships, jobs. They just go on. And for me, it's usually like I have seasons, you know, I have this season and then it's the big finale. And then it's like, you know, what's the next season (laughs) going to be? Exactly. Exactly. And, and anyway, so I've just come to realize this about myself, but anyway, this was one of that season ended. And then we're trying to figure out what's the next season going to be. And as I'm living at my parents' house, working in some like beauty studio as a receptionist, just because that's a job I could get. And I'm just like, I don't know, I'll figure something out. Um, 
I'm trying to go to music like festivals and shows on the East coast. They were so abundant on the West coast, but like, I'm trying to find them on the East coast and one was finally going to happen. And so I'm trying to look online for like clothes that I can wear, you know, like bright clothes and clothes with something cool on it. And I just, no matter what I looked for, I couldn't find anything. And I was so frustrated. So at the time I knew this guy who had a print shop back in Venice, California, and uh, he would do print on demand stuff. And so I messaged him. I was like, Hey, like if I wanted to like make some shirts like for myself, but maybe also to like sell, like, would you be able to do that for me? Like how much would that cost? And he was like, why don't you just make a storefront, put up whatever designs you want. And whenever someone orders it, I'll just print it for you and ship it. And I'll take a fee, you know, I'll take a cut and that's how we'll do it. And I was like, what? You can do that? He's like, yeah. (laughs) So it was like, boom, light bulb in my head because I'm like, there's nothing out there like this. Like it, it doesn't exist. And I knew that the, the swell was coming, you know, cause I had just come from the West coast. So, um, so I basically locked myself in my room for like three months and just worked like crazy on this website. Um, and this brand that I called bad kids, it's really funny, but I called it bad kids because, um, I thought, it, well, at the time I was listening to Lady Gaga, she has a song called bad kids yep. and <laughs> I just listening to that all the time. But I think when I listened to that song and I thought of this brand, it made me think about how when you're raving or you're at a festival or you're in this music scene, which is so full, you know, you can think of it as, uh, oh, like all these kids on Molly or, or something like that. But and on the other hand, when you're actually in it, you realize like how much love is a part of it, like how much community is a part of it, how much I think the culture was about to explode because we were, as people were really longing for ways to come together and meet each other and celebrate life with one another. And from the outside, if you're not a part of it, it's very easy to judge and be like, oh, those bad kids. But when you're inside of it, you realize like, no, it's like actually the opposite. Like that's how I felt about it. It's the opposite. So the bad kids thing was kind of an ironic, like tongue in cheek, like, oh yeah, we're bad kids. Um, so kind of anyway, fun of that label a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't, you know what I mean? Like right. it, it affirms either way. Yeah. So anyway, so I just like spent three months in my room designing things in Photoshop and like creating this online storefront. I think my parents like probably thought that they'd never see me work on something like this in my life. They probably, they, they tell me all the time. They're like, we had no idea what was going on in that room. (laughs) We had no idea what was going to come out when you finally came out. Like, what was it going to be? Um, but they knew I was like obsessed with it. And I was, it, it was one of those moments where just life just took me, you know what I mean? Where you just feel like you can't not do it. I couldn't not do it. And, um, so then, you know, three months later, I come out, I'm ready to go. I launch it. And like pretty immediately it took off. Like it just started taking off and I ended up getting my own printer. Eventually I, you know, I was printing my own stuff, shipping it. Um, and it started to get so big within the first year that, um, I got very overwhelmed and I just like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like it was like a you know, good problem to have, but I didn't know how to handle all the, all the work. And, um, my best friend from childhood, her name's Andy. Um, she was working in New York as like partnership development marketing firm. She's really good at like business and advertising and stuff. And she's like, well, why don't you let me help you? Like, let me look at the business real quick and I'll, I'll just like help you one night. And, and, you know, and that turned into, she took a look at it and was like, 
no, I want in on this. Like, how do I get in on this? Let me be a part of this. Let's turn this into a lifestyle brand. Let's turn this into an events company. Like let's expand. This can be so much more. So she came in and it became the two of us, similar to how, you know, right now it's me and Ambie. Interesting. The name yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, but the two of them get so annoyed because whenever I'm talking to one of them, I'll constantly call the other name and I'm just like, oh my God, sorry. It's too close. Uh, that's why I've started calling Ambrosia Ambrosia because <laughs> it helps me. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so then, uh, so then, yeah, the company just kind of like took on another, another level and it became... Andy showed me how to turn it into this lifestyle brand, how to take the like community that I was building online. That's how I was able to get it going for the first year. I really understood how to build community on social. Um, she showed me how to take that community and bring it out into real life, into real events and real life engagement and get people to feel like they were a part of something, you know, and that they cared about this brand and, and people cared about this brand so much. Like we would go places. And I mean, we, it would be so annoying for people. Cause we'd be like a hundred people deep, you know, there would just be like people whenever we would have a go places. Um, so we started doing these events in New York. They were insanely successful. We actually had the chain smokers play at our event. Um, right before, like right before they exploded. Um, and yeah, it, it was a really wild ride. We had a reality show developed around us. Like we didn't even try to have that happen. Like somebody had heard about some stuff that happened in the company. They were working at a, a William Morris, which is an agency. They pitched the idea on their own about us and they won this like contest. And then anyway, we had a really wild ride and, um, that went on for like four years. And towards the end of that ride, I was getting very, very tired because I just felt powerless. I felt like even though all this amazing stuff was happening, there was a lot of issues on the foundation. It was just hard. It was very hard to, to move it forward. And the business had expanded and all the people who worked in the business lived in New York and I lived in Philly. And I felt very separate from everyone. I felt very alone. And so eventually I found a way to say, you know what, I'm, I'm moving on from this. You guys can keep going with the business. Like how crazy, like a business I created in my parents' bedroom. I'm just like, you guys carry on and I'm going to peace out. Um, because what I had become interested in was managing artists, like managing DJs. And I had a friend who was a successful DJ, um, well, successful in his own right, but like he was, he had so much talent. He has so much talent. He's, he's touring all over now, but at the time he, he needed like more attention. And I was like, I could feel my natural, um, my just natural ability to kind of coach him a little bit or just support him or get him in the right space. And so I was like, I think I want to be his manager. Like I want to, and you know, stuff happens. And basically I end up being given the opportunity to manage him. And from there, it was like, I ended up signing this other duo that was really hot at the time that I was like really into. And it, it just kind of took off from there. I picked up more and more artists and I just started managing and doing PR in the music industry. And this was like a really empowering time for me because I had spent so long in this business that I, I loved and it was so fun, but I also felt very like not powerful. Like I felt like I was always messing up. I felt like towards the end, I felt like 
I felt drained. I just felt kind of like stuck. And then I moved into this thing that was kind of more my own thing where I felt powerful and I felt excited. And I felt like I could, you know, help these kids like be seen and their music be heard. And it just kind of took me to the next level of that. But with that power also came, I'd say a lot of, um, like ego, Mm. um, and a lot of things that were very destructive for me. Like I had been prescribed Adderall, um, at the time that I, it was during my first company. Um, but I had really started to like abuse it. Um, and I was prescribed way too much, way, 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 way too much. So, I mean, it was not, it was not good. I was insane. I was way, way, way too skinny. I was not healthy. I was not eating right. Um, I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was angry all the time. All my relationships were starting to fall apart. Like me and my boyfriend, me and my parents, me and my friend. I mean, everything, it was like, I had one thing I wanted, right. But everything else was being sacrificed. Mm. And I just, it was, it took me a long time to see it because I was just so kind of like, I'm saying like ego driven. I was very, I was very into all the people that I knew and all the power that I thought I had and blah, 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 blah. So, um, anyway, I needed a wake up call and, um, I started to have like a lot of weird things happening with my skin and my face, which was weird because that had never happened to me in high school or middle school. Like I really never had problems with my skin, but it was starting to become like really bad. And I was like, Oh, this is weird. And then one day I had what I thought was like a pimple on the side of my face, but it became a, um, basically like a huge, like inflamed, like it looked like there was a baseball on the side of my face. Like a cyst. Yeah. 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 It like developed over like a day or two and it started, it was so big that it like started to cut off my airway. Oh my gosh. Which is when we had to go to, you know, like a, a emergency place, not an emergency room, but you know what I mean? Like an urgent care. And you know, it sucked, stuck a needle in my face. It was painful, whatever. They didn't really tell me, like, they don't know why it happened. They were just like, yeah, you need to, you know, take these antibiotics, yada, yada. And you'd think that would be enough. Like you think that I would be like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? But no, I just <laughs> went back to what I was doing and, um, and then cut to three weeks later, the exact same thing happened in the exact same place, but worse this time. And so I had to go to the actual emergency room. They had to do the same thing, you know, stuck the needle in my face. I, I literally like a doctor, like walked in the room and like screamed when they saw me, it was like, like accident. Like they didn't oh, realize they were going to see good. that. <laughs> no, but it was such a manifestation too, of almost like this ugliness that had mm-hmm. grown on the outside, you know what I mean? Or this ugliness yeah. that had grown on the inside, but it was showing on the outside. Right. Mm. And, um, so after the second time, everything just shifted. Like everything just, I just, it was like that wake up moment. You know, I was like, what's going on here? And I started to ask all these questions and I felt like I got all these downloads. Like you need to stop working in the music industry. You need to stop. You need to eat um, like a paleo diet. You need to meditate. You need to, like, I never meditated before. It was just all of these very clear things. Like 
everything has to go this way now. And so I started down that journey. I got out of the music industry. I let my clients go. Um, I started meditating every morning. I started eating, you know, trying to eat healthy and organic. I got into, you know, a lot of like holistic um, health and natural health. And, you know, as I would go down this rabbit hole of my health, because that's what I thought I was trying to do, it kept leading me back for some reason to spirituality. It just kept leading me back there over and over again. And I was like, it would scare me the stuff that I would read because I wasn't a spiritual person before this. Like I wasn't at all. I was not religious. I was not spiritual. I kind of resented all of it, you know? And so every time I tried to look this stuff up, it would just take me back to that stuff about this, the universe and we're all one and timelines and, um, your vibe and all that stuff. And it really, really, really scared me because, and I think that a lot of people, when they first start on their spiritual journey or get really scared and feel really alone because I exactly that I felt alone. I felt, I felt freaked out. I felt like a freak. I felt like, you know, I'd been in a relationship for four years at that point, I think. And, um, you know, he's now my husband, but at the time, like, you know, this whole time I've been in this relationship, I haven't been a spiritual person and he's a very science-minded person. So I, I felt like I couldn't talk to him. I, I couldn't talk to anyone. I just didn't know what to do. And, um, so, so eventually after being very lonely and after feeling like I need someone to tell me I'm not crazy or someone to talk to, mm-hmm. I found a podcast through a search called positive head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started listening to that podcast and it was all a whole community of people talking about that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, oh, okay. And I started to learn. I found Abraham Hicks. I found, you know, I found all these different people who really started to resonate with me and made me kind of excited, even though there was a lot of fear still coming up. It also made me like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Like, wait, I create my own reality. Like what? <laughs> my whole life. I thought it was such a victim to my reality. Yeah. Like I really never understood that. And that sentence alone just like changed my whole life. So, um, so once that happened, I started really kind of going down the spiritual path and, um, uh, the host of the positive head podcast. Um, I, I ended up like interning for them a little bit because I, again, this was another season shift, right? I was like, I had stopped that season. Now I was (laughs) trying to figure out what the next season was going to be. And, um, they were calling for interns. And I remember thinking like, I could do that. And then I was like, wait, you're going to intern like you're however many years old you're. And then it's like, what else are you doing? Like, yeah, like why not? So I interned and, um, before long I had, um, you know, I, I was managing certain things with the podcast, but one day I got in the shower and this is the showers where I get all of my most epic ideas. So anytime I get an an idea in the shower, I always know it's going to pan out well, but I had this idea in the shower. I was like, why doesn't Brandon, that's the host of the podcast. Why doesn't Brandon interview, um, his, his listeners. Cause they're all doing such amazing things. Like maybe just once a month, like why don't you pitch him that idea? So I messaged him. I'm like, Hey, I just was thinking, you know, it'd be really cool. I think, I think the listeners would really like it. If you interview them once, once a month, even it could be an extra episode or something. And he was like, Oh, I love that idea. He was like, but why don't you do it? I'm pretty busy. Um, he's like, 
and do it every week, Friday, Friday, every Friday. Cause he did the podcast every single day. So he was like, I'll give you Fridays. You just take over, just start recording them now. And he just handed it over to me. Wow. And I was like, what? Cause like, I was excited, <laughs> but, but I was like, huh, how did this just happen? You know? So, um, so yeah, I start, I started putting like a call out for listeners of the podcast. Like if you have a story or if you just want to share about yourself, like, or what you're working on, you know, let me know, we'll set up an interview. So I started interviewing them. My episodes would come out every Friday and I I was having a lot of fun with it. And I was also building confidence because I, I had wanted to start a podcast, but I just, you know, I, I don't know. There was a couple of times I tried to start a podcast before that and failed. Um, or it's like, I started one, I released four episodes and then I never went back to it. Or I tried to start one with someone else. Um, and actually I had proposed to them that our podcast be called inner bloom and they didn't like it. And then we never recorded again. So, um, so like, thank, thankfully, and it wow. wasn't, it wasn't the right person, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so as I'm interviewing all these guests, um, who are podcast listeners, I get an email from someone who's like, Hey, like I heard you're looking for people. I'm the girl who shared the story on the podcast about my daughter being, um, my reincarnated grandmother. And as soon as I received this email, I was like, I know exactly who you are. I had remembered hearing this story that just, it blew my mind. Like I, it was my favorite story I'd ever heard on the podcast from a listener. They had just emailed into Brandon and he had read the email. Um, but I got so excited and it was Ambrosia. I got so excited for that interview. I remember telling my cousin, Oh my God, I have the interview with this girl today. I'm so, she's like, Oh my God, that's going to be, I, I feel like this is really exciting. Don't you feel like this is exciting? And I'm like, yeah, like it was just everything in me knew it was going to be amazing. I don't know. And so then when Ambrosia and I did the interview, we just like, couldn't stop talking. And after the interview was done, it was like, we were well, actually we hung up from the interview. And then a couple of days later, I got an email from her that was like, um, do you have an uncle in spirit? <laughs> I was like, cause Ambrosia is a psychic medium since she's five years old. And I, and I thought that was amazing at the time. I'd never known anyone who wow. like had had those experiences. So anyway, I get this email. Do you, do you have an uncle in spirit? And I'm like, um, not that I know of, like, I'm trying to, I'm thinking of my whole family. No, I don't think so. And she's like, are you sure? Cause there's someone here for you. I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm like, no, please bother me. Like what, what's right, going keep on? Going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well he looks like this and you know, and, and eventually we find out I, I that I do have a great uncle who was in spirit. He had recently passed and that's who it was. And, um, so I'm just like in awe of this person, you know, I'm just like, what the heck? And he, she gives me this message from him and it's so meaningful. And I'm just like, so, so Ambrosia had told me that through the interview that she, I was like, so, so you have these amazing gifts. So like, you must use them all the, like, you, do you do this professionally? And she's like, oh no. And I was like, why not? And she's like, oh, I know I would never do that. I I, I, I'm, I'm a physician's assistant. I work at a chiropractic office. Like that's, that's what I do. And I was like, so you mean you're just going to waste the gift? Like you're never going to use it. And she's like, well, I don't think I'm, you know, it, she had some sort of reason at the time. And 
whatever. But I was blown away because I'm like, oh my God, I've never, like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And you're just kind of so casual about it. Like, no, I'll just do this. (laughs) And so she always says that that when I said that to her, that it like cut her like deep or it just, you know, it it hit her like, oh my God, I'm, I I am going to like waste this gift. I'm just going to, I'm hiding. And so, um, So then the more we were talking and the more I got excited about her gifts and the more she would, you know, kind of use them with me and I would just like freak out. I think the more excited she got about them and the more confidence she had in them. And then how woo can we get on the show? A very woo as you want. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay. So then like, we're like two weeks into our friendship of like talking every single day. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're two weeks into our friendship of talking every single day. And I was on the phone with her because I was asking her to help me with something intuitively. And she was, and she was kind of trying to explain something to me. And I was kind of like not understanding it. And then she's like, hold on. And then I just hear on the other end, the weirdest thing come out of the phone. It was not her voice anymore. Number one. And it was just like, when Alexa speaks, we listen when we speak Alexa, listen, it, it was something really weird. The cadence was really weird and it just did not sound or feel like her anymore. And it, I was like, what was that? And there's just like a period of silence. And then all of a sudden sh- I just hear her on the other end, starting to freak out crying like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what was that? I don't know what that was. And I'm like, what? And so uh, I just got full body. I <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just remember having this moment of like, oh my God, I'm, this is my own experience of Abraham Hicks. I'm Jerry and she's, (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I was just, cause I used to listen to Abraham Hicks and be like, oh my God, how cool would it be if like, I, I knew someone that was Abraham and I got to be Jerry. Like I used to think that all the time. And so anyway, when I finally helped like calm her down, I was like, what was that? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's like investigate. And she's like, okay, I'm scared. But so we, we, I would like try to help her do it again. And that's when we found out that it was the Arcturians and it was, you know, we lovingly call them the Arc nine because it's a collection of nine Arcturian energies. But basically we found out that, um, the Arcturians, the Arc Nine are, you know, Ambie's guides, they're my guides, they're many people's guides, um, but essentially they're beings that have always been around, are around to help the planet, to help the evolution of consciousness, they're really loving and they're really, um, they kind of feel like very loving parental figures who are loving to teach and, um, and protect too. They, you know, they really love humanity and want us to do well and want us to, live and want us to evolve with each other. And so, um, we started talking to them like a lot and then we were like, we should have a podcast. Like we should, we should turn this into a podcast. Cause we had such incredible talks. We had such incredible talks with the arc nine. And we were like, all of this could just make such amazing content. And what we realized is the reason that we wanted to talk so much to each other all day. Like we, it was like, you, you were dating someone new. You just couldn't stop talking to them. 
because, um, was because we, we had never had anyone to talk about this with, you know, like all of these woo woo, like quote, weird, abnormal things. Like anyone else that we talked to about it would tell us we were crazy or look at us weird. So it felt so liberating to just be with someone who's like, oh my God. Yeah, totally. And just let you like go into that crazy place with quote unquote, crazy place with you. Um, So we started to understand the power of that. And I remember when we were setting up the podcast, we said, okay, our intention with this is to normalize the abnormal and to create a space for people who, who might otherwise feel odd or like left out or quote crazy, um, to like be intuitively empowered, like to understand that their intuition isn't something that needs to be hidden. Like their intuition is an amazing thing and it's safe because also Ambrosia had spent so long hiding from her gifts, like her whole life. That's why she wasn't doing it when I met her because she thought she was crazy and she thought like that they weren't valued, you know? And so, wouldn't be accepted too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, <sighs> So yeah, that, that was really the intention of the podcast is basically like expanding our friendship into a community so that other people could have those same experiences we were having. And, um, and that's, and that's what we did. That's what we did. We, and, and right away, sorry, just got to text right, right away. Um, we, we were able to get an audience. Like we just kind of, things just kind of took off and, um, Ever since then, we've been hosting retreats. We love hosting retreats and bringing our listeners together in person. Um, And we host courses. Like we're doing a course right now called You're Not Crazy, You're Intuitive, which is for beginner intuitives. We do courses for intuitive entrepreneurs. Um, And we actually, I I guess I can announce this. I don't know. We're going to do a ARC 9 tour um, Ah! a la Abraham Hicks events. Oh, that's um, cool. coming up in the spring. And this was actually dictated to us by them. We didn't come up. They were like, you will be touring this spring. <laughs> um, these are wow. the details. This is how much, this is how many people can be there. This Alexa, this is what you are to do. Ambrosia, this is what you are to do. Like some, they don't do that with us often, but every once in a while, they'll be like, listen, this is what needs to happen. Like, please, you know, obviously we have free will, but it's like, this is important. Yeah. So that's coming up um this spring oh my and gosh that's exciting that's so exciting ah! yeah <laughs> we're excited because we love being with people in person and we love being with the arc nine with people in person it's well, really you know beautiful. carrie and i are going to be at one of those so <laughs> hey, hey if you guys know a place in austin that will uh have us for one let it let me know 30 to 50 people you got it i'm on this So, you know, what's interesting while you're telling your story, I'm listening to all of these similarities. Like I knew you and I had a lot of similar paths. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was that close, but what's weird is not weird, just cool was listening to how so many points throughout your journey was really just preparing you for this. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. were so many push moments, which is like making me reflect on my own journey myself, to be honest with you. But like, there were so many push moments that you were having, like the manifestation on your face, like, yo, face yeah. this, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> face this. <laughs> Literally. I never thought of it. Right. Yeah. Like, in, in, you know, it's interesting is all the times, you know, like when you were saying you thought that that would have been the thing that triggered you, 
And there were so many moments, even in, in my life, and I know, Carrie, you've had yours, like, where it's like, there were so many, like, mm, this is going to get real bad. And that you would have thought that would have been the thing. But then you're like, ah, I'm going to go back and do my do my social <laughs> bit, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just fascinating to hear that and and even to hear how you and Ambie met. Um, mm-hmm. like, like, that's just the coolest this is the coolest story I've heard. So like, <laughs> oh, well that it, it totally, I mean, I mean, and since then, like intuitively the things we've discovered about like our lifetimes together, you know, mm-hmm. have just been like there's one that constantly comes up where we were witches and we basically like got each other killed and, <gasps> you know, and found out for being witches. And, you know, there's another one where we were in Egypt and there's another, I mean, we've spent many, like we've done this a lot and this was, it was made clear to us through talking to the arc nine that like this lifetime was about us healing a lot. And we have healed so much. Like starting our podcast was amazing. And it was also the most triggering thing in the world. Like, and I've never been able to, I've had a lot of triggering relationships and that my MO has always been to kind of peace out when it gets too hard and Ambi too, same exact thing, same exact wounds in certain ways. And because we had this larger vision for like what this lifetime was about. And I think we could feel that magnetic pull and we could feel our purpose together. It was so clear to us. It, it was, it was like that carrot dangling saying, no, no, like you don't walk away this time. Like follow the carrot, follow the carrot. So meaning when things got hard, talk about it. Like I have never had such crazy, raw, authentic conversations about the way that I'm feeling or what is triggering me mm-hmm. than with her. Like we have had, we have, there's nothing that we cannot say to each other and we are still that way. And because of that, we got through some pretty heavy stuff, you know? Um, so it's great because now it's kind of like we, we go, it's like when the plane's going up and there's like a lot of turbulence and you, and then it's like, now we're in that part where we're kind of like coasting on the top. Cause we know how to talk to each other. We know how to fight. We know how to argue. We know how to, we know how to, we just know that we'll resolve it. You know what I mean? No matter what it is. And we know that we need to talk to each other and we can't hold anything in or it's going to come out later. So it's turned into a very healthy relationship. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. (laughs) I was just thinking how I feel like you're describing our relationship. Right. (laughs) I was just thinking that too. I was like, I was wondering that when I was saying it (laughs) because we're both cheesing. We're both cheesing. (laughs) Big time. I mean, how and how amazing. That's probably why you guys are so strong together and are so, you know, how refreshing is that? Like, how amazing is that to have somebody that it's, I don't think friendships are determined by, uh, how, you know, how much of the time you guys are like not fighting. I, I, I think, I think the friendship is determined by like, how, how deep can you go with someone and Mm -hmm. still be okay? Like how, how real can you get with someone and know that they're not going to walk away and you're not going to walk away? You know, I think about experiencing total acceptance. Yes. 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 Total acceptance. Total. Exactly. Exactly. That is unconditional love. Unconditional. 
Absolutely. 100%. Because I say some pretty wild shit to her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Trust ways. me, me too. <laughs> I, I tell you what is, you know, I, I found very inspiring from your uh, journey is this ability to constantly reevaluate what does Alexa want and am I enjoying this and how do, how do I want to proceed in this next season? It's inspiring. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's inspiring. I- I like how you put that. I've never like, what does Alexa want? I feel like that's got to be my, um, my, uh, mantra for the next little bit, because I don't think I, well, I guess I do operate in that way, but I, I don't think of it that way. But I mean, even just now, like even in the beginning of this year, I've, I guess I have asked myself that and realized like, I, I in a way I feel like, there's a whole new layer of me that's being shed this, this persona that I've been like projecting this person I thought I had to be, you know, this person I thought everyone wanted me to be. And the realization like, no, I don't have to be that. I don't have to be anything. I can just literally be exactly as I am. Like I thought, because I was in this space, this world of, you know, healing, coaching, blah, 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 blah. I have to be this certain way. I have to be serious, you know? And the reality is I'm not serious. Like I am serious about some stuff, but like my true personality is bubbly and I like to laugh and I like to have fun. And, you know, I want to be able to let that shine through what I do. And so when you brought that up, Carrie, it was like, what does Alexa want now? It's like, that's a question I was asking myself at the beginning of this year. And what came was just like a hundred percent, like authenticity, like just as much, just, just the ability to allow myself to be and not have to be anything else, you know, free to be me. Free to be. <laughs> of course, we'd all tune it out, wouldn't we? Yeah. Just sing it out. All good. <laughs> Feeling good. Just sing it out. <laughs> There's got to be like a few, a few different songs that have that in it. Somewhere. Oh my gosh. There has to be. You know, um, we like to ask our guests some rapid fire questions. Oh. Um, Sometimes we we call them a slow burn question, though. <laughs> okay. Depends on how long you want to answer it. So, um, so Carrie, if you want to kick those off. Sure. So, Alexa, what is your favorite self-care activity? Oh, um, okay. I think it's definitely talking to people. Like, that sounds... I don't know, maybe some people wouldn't consider that self-care, but I certainly do. Like I talking to my mom always centers me and just gives me such amazing perspective. And it just allows me to talk my own stuff out, uh, talking to Ambrosia. I mean, just talking to people that I know once again are loving me unconditionally and are allowing me to be as I am, but also want the best for me. That's just so healing to me. Um, I think the other thing is working out, um, not even working out like it's not about like working out hardcore. It's just about my commitment to myself to move my body. I was actually having a really hard time with that um, over the past couple of years. And then a couple months ago, don't know what this is about, but I started waking up every single day automatically, no matter what I do between the hours of two and 4 a.m., um, and like last night I actually woke up at one 30 and I was like, are, are, 
am I just never going to go to bed? Like, or is it going to get so early that I just, it's nine o'clock, you know? Um, but I've, I, instead of fighting it, which is something I used to do all the time, I've said, okay, well, if I'm up, I'm up, like, let me go like do something with this. So I get up, I start my day like I would, and I've been able to do so much. And one of the things that I've been able to do is I go down to the gym in my building no one's in there. It's just me. And I get to have the whole gym to myself and just me time and move my body. Even if I'm just walking on the treadmill, even if I'm just kind of like doing whatever on the elliptical, I watch a TV show I like, and that really helps me feel connected and get my energy going and raise my vibe. And that's been really working for me. So in a way I'm blessed that I get up so early because otherwise it just doesn't get done. Like if I wake up at the other time, it just doesn't get done. So, um, that is another one. And then I would also say, um, play like, like we get way too focused on work. I've been, that's been a huge lesson I've had to learn in my life. And, um, I think, you know, whenever you just feel like, why isn't this working or why aren't I successful with this? Or why isn't, you know, and it feels like it's time to do more work. It's actually exactly the time when you should just do something that's so, playful or silly or childlike. Um, because I think that is the huge self-care. It's so restorative. It reminds you about what life really is about. Like mm-hmm. is life really about <clears throat> the, the, the work you need to get done? I mean, like kind of, but not really. Um, you know, if you died tomorrow, you, it wouldn't matter. Right. So mm-hmm. play. I gosh, couldn't agree with you more because, you know, as children we're we're taught the importance of play and in development. And then it's like, what do we not continue to grow and change as we get older? Should we not continue to play and continue our own development in that way? Yeah, so, exactly. I completely agree with you. And just out of curiosity, <laughs> have you ever heard of shift sleeping? No. What's that? So, um, prior to the industrial era, uh, it was common for people to shift sleep. So they would sleep a few hours, then wake up in the middle of the night to handle some things around the house, maybe have some intimate time and other things. And then they would go back to sleep. And until we created the eight hour workday, that's what people did. I oh swear gosh, I, we're going back there because I was yeah. also up at 1.30 yeah. in the morning, fell back asleep after about an hour of being up and was back up again at 4 a.m. this morning. So I was like, what yeah. just happened here? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Like, and that makes a lot of sense actually, because I think I saw an article about that actually recently. Mm-hmm. So that's really mm-hmm. interesting you bring that up, Carrie. But yeah, it's kind of like, I think in the past, I I was so worried about not sleeping in that way, like about not sleeping until a certain time, especially because going back to the whole thing about the Adderall and it would keep me Mm -hmm. up all night and I would have trauma from that, you know? Um, but it's, it's been this process of number one, learning to go with the flow and just listen to my body. Cause it's like, like you said, I'll get up. I, even if it's one 30 in the morning, I get up, I do some stuff and then I, like you said, I fell asleep again, just like you Shira for a few hours. And then I got up again. And it's like, I think that like, we're, we are moving into this way more flowy state rather than this linear state of, you know, um, something that just doesn't even make sense for our rhythms and cycles. Anyway, I'm like really big on rhythms and cycles and, um, you know, the, the standard work model just 
it, it doesn't, it doesn't it make doesn't sense work. for that. Yeah. So yeah. what I hear you saying is we need to move towards intuitive living. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Intuitive I'm trying to, yeah, yeah. Rather than trying to fit into these like human structured normals that yeah. don't work for everybody, which don't even mean anything. And they're just so arbitrary for what? No. Uh, for yeah. money. Yeah. Yes. And, <laughs> and I think that's changing. I, I honestly see that this year, I think honestly, over the next two years, we're going to start to see a huge transition in, in our home lives and in our work lives on something similar to what Carrie just called intuitive living. That was brilliant, yeah. by the way. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I now agree. You, now you see why we call these uh, our slow burning questions. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love right. this talk. All righty. So on to number two, what is one piece of advice you would now give to your younger self? Oh, <laughs> one piece um, <laughs> with see. multiple bullet points. Yeah, I, I'm as you can tell, I'm not. Boxes here. Hold on. I'm not the most like short-winded person. Um, no, no, you're fine. Let's see. I mean, I'll just go with the th- the first, very first thing that came up, which is slow down. Um, I was always told when I was younger, and as I was, you know, having little jobs here and there, that I went and moved too fast. And I always was like, you don't know what you're doing. I was very. <laughs> this is why I didn't go. I never had a corporate job or anything like that. And I always have in a way worked for myself or worked for a startup because, um, I am, I'm a double Taurus. I don't like to be told what to do. I have a very kind of entrepreneurial mind and I always growing up my naivete and my ego kind of always told me that I knew what was better. Right. And the truth is I didn't, I I really did. Sometimes I know I have good ideas. Sometimes I, I know things that are good and will work. But, um, the truth is that first of all, life's not a race. Like there's no, why, why are we, we don't have to go so fast. And second of all, when you go fast, you miss a lot of things. And, you know, as I've grown, grown older, I've learned to really appreciate the details, like really appreciate. Um, for example, when somebody, when I email someone or when I message them, I will like double, triple, quadruple check the spelling of their name. If I don't certainly know it, I will, because to me, that means a lot. Like if somebody misspells my name, even by a letter, it's, it, it's not that I'm sitting here like trying to judge you. It's just that right away it kind of is like, oh, you don't, you don't really care. You're not really paying attention. It's just something that I think. So, so that's an example of the details to me. Um, and it's just funny because when I was younger, I used to get, you know, chastised for it all the time that, and said that I didn't, I wasn't paying attention and I didn't care about that stuff. And now I'm the one who is so concerned with that. And so paying attention to it because I understand what it speaks to other people. And I think yeah. it's important. So I would say slow down. Beautiful. I love that. <clears throat> and last, but definitely, and never going to be uh, least, yeah. what does self-love mean to you? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I really like this question. I really like the fact that we're talking, we're answering this question right now because I think my idea of what self-love means has changed so much, especially recently. And um, what I think it means to me is accepting yourself as the imperfect being that you are and allowing yourself to show your imperfections to others and understand that that is lovable. Like I've spent so much of my life 
trying to make sure no one saw my imperfections and trying to convince myself that I had to hide my imperfections. Sorry, by the way, I live in a city. I mean, that's like great timing. (laughs) Highlighting the answer. (laughs) Pay attention to this part. Listen here. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think recently I've really come to realize that, you know, that is that is, is in a way like the opposite of self-love because you're holding yourself to this standard that isn't even, we're all human beings, right? We all make mistakes. We all have flaws. And I think the idea that, you know, trying not to let other people see those flaws, it's saying like, I'm not lovable if I have flaws, I'm not, but you have flaws like you, and it's okay. And, you know, I, I, I met a new friend recently and she, so she, I was telling her about kind of my issues with perfectionism. And I was also recently diagnosed with OCD. And that's been kind of a big journey with me of understanding that perfectionism and those thoughts. Um, but anyway, she was just like, oh yeah, I'm, she was telling me about herself and she's like, oh yeah. Like I, I mean, I try to be a good person, but I'm definitely like, can we curse on this podcast or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely like, I'm definitely a shithead sometimes. Like I I definitely am. I definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. I I probably am an asshole. Like, you know, but the way she said it, I just was like, oh my God, but I love you. Like, you're so endearing. Like it, it made me in that moment. So kind of like, wait, you can just openly say that you're an asshole and, and people will love you for it. Like what? (laughs) It's not about like being an asshole to people. It's not that it's just saying like, yeah, sometimes I suck. Like sometimes I'm in a terrible mood. Sometimes I, and yeah. And loving yourself in that, loving yourself in all of those shades of yourself and understanding that's the human experience. And the other idea is not really the human experience. And I think the other idea is self-imposed pain. It's self-imposed lack of self-love. So, that's uh, cool. that's yeah. huge. So that much truth huge. in that. Yeah. You know, and I have to just say full disclosure for our audience, um, Alexa and Ambrosia, uh, who we call EMB are our, um, coaches and even just listening to this story, which I have not actually heard before. You've been coaching me on so many things without even trying to be the coach at the time. So that is incredible. So <laughs> I'm I'm excited to know what your takeaways are or oh, were later. Yeah, 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 for sure. Next session, we're going to go into yeah. all that. But like, um, well, and that's why it's so important for us to be able to present different people's experiences right. and life journeys is because it's not all sunshines and rainbows and butterflies. There are yeah. some shit storms along the way and some hard hitting realizations and speed bumps that you have to maneuver. So it's, totally. it's, it's important that we acknowledge that. And I just appreciate you so much, Alexa, and everything mm-hmm. that you and Ambrosia share on Inner Bloom. It supports so many people and like beyond your even, you know, awareness. So thank you for continuing to love beyond yourself and just helping that love to expand in this life experience. And yeah. if anyone would like to get in contact with you and work with you, how can they do that? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Alexa Suits, A-L-E-X-A-S-O-O-T-H-E-S, or you can go to my website too. It's alexasuits.com. Um, find me on TikTok, TikTok gang. Um, 
Alexa Sue, the same thing. Um, but yeah, you just reach out, send me a message. Um, and, uh, yeah, let me know what I can help you with. Let me know how I can support you. You can also check out the podcast, inner bloom podcast, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and thank you. Thank you guys for like having me on to just talk with you and tell the story. And thank you for, um, letting me know how, I've impacted you and, and you, and you guys are impacting me currently. Like, it's so beautiful to, I I just keep getting this really cool image of like that infinity sign, right. Where it's like, okay, you guys are telling me unbeknownst to me, you guys are telling me that listening to inner bloom inspired you to create all this beauty that you're creating right now. And now I am here witnessing this beauty that you're creating and where you guys are in the driver's seat and it's just kind of feeding back into each other. And it's making me so appreciative for what I've created even, even more so like, Oh, wow. Like that created this and this is, it just is feeding back into one another. So I just want to say, thank you for having me. Thank you for all that you're doing. It's beautiful. I messaged you when you first started the podcast and was like, I love this podcast. You were just so natural and you're always meant to have a podcast. And I can't wait to see what the two of you do. You're just, you're, you're magical. And, uh, I appreciate you. you. Well, you Um, are magical. (laughs) No, you are. No, you. Oh, I tell you what I cannot wait for is like a big old like in-person hugs. 100%. Trust me, I'm Austin is one of my favorite places in the entire world. So any chance I can get, I I actually, I'm going to be in uh, near Austin, supposedly in June for a retreat, not my retreat, like somebody else's two day retreat. So we'll definitely have to meet up then. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. All right. Thank you. Thank you. you. We love you so much. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us today on this special uh, episode and uh, for our special guest, Alexa. And don't forget to love first, love last, and love always. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, listener, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this moment. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to our next connection. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow to stay notified of new content from Love Always Self. If you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss, please hit us up on any of our social media platforms linked in the show notes below. I'm Karista. And I'm Shira. And until next time, remember to love first, love last, and love always. Love Always Self podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not make any warranties about the completeness, reliability, and accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. Any action you choose to take upon the information in this podcast is strictly done so at your own risk, and we will not be held liable for any losses and damages in connection with the use of our podcast. Any and all medical concerns should be addressed with a licensed healthcare provider, as well as any questions that may be derived from the information discussed in this podcast.